Welcome listeners to Five Questions, a critical mass for the visual arts podcast in which we ask five questions of our interviewees aimed at positioning and contextualizing their respective bodies of work within the St. Louis art world. This time we're talking with Midwest Art Quarterly's Troy Sherman. Troy Sherman is a sort of recent transplant to the Midwest since moving here two years ago. He's been writing art criticism pseudonymously, but as of the most recent number of the Midwest Art Quarterly has given up the gnome de plume. He started this glorified zine in hopes of injecting some serious discourse about the visual arts in the St. Louis milieu. Thank you, Troy. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here, man. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, so you want to talk a little bit before we even get started? Do you have anything you'd like to say about just your form, like your, your former alias <laughs> <laughs> and how you, you know, just, just kind of how you see that unfolding in the future? before we get started yeah totally well i guess first thing uh i've never had the opportunity to say first time long time um, so first time long time fan of the pod cool awesome um, but yeah so my name is troy sherman but it hasn't been publicly for a minute uh i moved to st louis about two years ago and started writing criticism seriously soon thereafter uh, and for most of that time, uh, up until just very recently, have been writing pseudonymously. Uh, I'll leave it as an Easter egg for the fans to <laughs> okay. figure out what that name was. Cool. Uh, but my most recent venture, the Midwest Art Quarterly, which is what precipitated this, was uh, not just pseudonymous, but anonymous. Mm -hmm. uh, that's done. I didn't see any reason to continue with that facade anymore. There were reasons for it that I don't entirely think are worth getting into. I'll just say that it was misunderstood online as having been like a smokescreen so that oh. I could talk about artists without having any personal social accountability, mm -hmm. which I don't give a shit about as the next issue of the quarterly and this podcast will <laughs> So like, I'll just put, put that to rest. I mean... I'm sorry that it was interpreted that way. It yeah. was not intended, but that's not that's not the point. That's not the point. Well, and that and that gets into um, so yeah. So Troy, you shared a little bit of writing for us to use as kind of a jumping off point mm -hmm. for this conversation, and uh, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast about this. And I I know that dichotomies are always kind of ham fisted and don't always work, but we have this idea of you're identifying as an art critic. We have people who identify as art writers, and we, we, we've talked a little bit about the distinction therein. And like you're talking about, you know, a lot of art writing in St. Louis's history, I'll just say my own experience, it's very, I mean, you're, you're, you're boosting, you're describing, sometimes it's discursive, but it's hardly ever ultimately helpful to artists. I mean, I've certainly written things and had artists say, you know, I appreciate that, but like, what do I do with that? Like, you've just told me things I already know about my work and I need somebody to like, give me a place to go. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, so you want to talk more about just this, this art critic, the necessity of that in our context? Yeah. Well, a couple things about it that I'll start with. The first is that while it certainly affects art writing, writing about the arts, in St. Louis, it's by no means endemic. It's it's universal. Yeah, people, uh, it's close to universal, and it has been for a long time. Um, we could talk more about what the causes of that are. I don't think I'm necessarily smart enough to articulate them like <laughs> Me hard, hard, hard and fast, yeah. and like really, really come down on an answer. Maybe nobody is, but uh, 
art writing has uh, thoroughly in the last half century or so supplanted art criticism mm -hmm. um, that is one problem that I um, would like to see this little publication as working in a super small way I understand but working towards ameliorating yeah um, so I guess when I was doing more writing and I was more of an art writer um, I thought of it I thought of art writing in terms of being in some ways a response to commodity culture because instead of taking on the role of like I think m more people who are outside of the arts think of a movie critic this way or have historically where they're like oh this movie critic's job is to tell me if I should see the movie mm -hmm. like basically the, the Roger Ebert style <laughs> of criticism I'm like outsourcing my own sense of taste to this person mm -hmm. who I who I trust because whatever they're being paid to do this mm -hmm. and so to me part of it was like I'm I'm allowing people to tap into some of my insights as someone who thinks about art a lot mm -hmm. and then make their own decisions about whether or not they want to see a show. Mm -hmm. And I understand that in some ways that's kind of like, that's not exactly how it works. That's a little bit naive. But what do, what do you think about art criticism and its relationship to, to capitalism and to commodity culture and stuff like that? Sure. Well, that actually brings me back to the point that I forgot about. Oh, good. Awesome. Exactly <laughs> what it was. In yeah. your last spiel, you said something to the effect of like, artists will say this is good. Thanks for doing it. But it doesn't do anything for me in terms of my art, teaching me about my own art, telling yeah. me, like revealing to me things that uh, I can now see clearly, but I didn't see before. That sure. to me is part of the function of mm -hmm. one of the important functions of criticism. Yeah. But that isn't to say that it doesn't help artists. Uh, what art writing I see as one of the things that I see it as accomplishing is essentially glorified and kind of decentralized PR, mm. not for any particular artists, but for the like art. current <laughs> idea of yeah. art as we have it, you know, which yeah. is like by its nature, hypocritical. So how that relates to kind of the industry of art, um, art and capitalism, uh, partially has to do with the desiccation of what art used to see as its critical potential mm -hmm. um, when art criticism was more prevalent um, it understood the critical function of art as being something that we can sort of feel but not articulate yeah. you know art critiques our world by virtue of being good it shows us things about our world that we couldn't otherwise see or articulate and even once we've experienced it we can't fully articulate it right. criticism is always a like fool's errand in trying to encapsulate in words an experience that never possibly could be and it's that experience that's like that is the inarticulable critical potential of art mm -hmm. but in the period that um i would like to think of my own writing as working against um and the period that i would like to see writing about art in general moving away from that is coincident with the generalized idea that art not by virtue of being art but by being a social phenomenon can change things itself mm. you know that 
an artwork is good not by virtue of being good but by virtue of what it teaches us in definite terms uh the social systems that it interpolates itself into and changes somehow and the response to that is art writing you know Mm -hmm. um eve sedgwick called it good dog bad dog criticism you know where (laughs) it's not in terms of having it having had a legitimate experience of a work of art and trying to convey that it's about agreeing or disagreeing with what art is doing again as a social phenomenon yeah which of course it is a social phenomenon like these objects exist in our world sometimes they do things sometimes they do like important concrete things but the function of criticism is to look past that and see how they're doing those things as art you know what specifically is artistic about a work of art and so when you say that are you referring mostly to like formal qualities or are you you just mean in general the way that work stands up kind of on its own outside of some of the social supports buttress in it its meaning well i would say that there is nothing in a work of art that we experience as art except for its form okay. now that on its surface seems, i thought i smelled a formalist that I thought... <laughs> on its surface seems a little retrograde because it's like okay well then like that liquidates art of any of its conceptual potential it means that you only really like like paintings that are like formally robust you know um that's it on its surface yeah this to be honest is a big theoretical stumbling block of mine Mm. uh at present which partially i'm like working towards like in practice with my sleeves rolled up working through in the writing that i've started doing for the midwest quarterly midwest art quarterly as well as elsewhere but aspects of art as a social phenomenon for a long time art has been able to incorporate into its form you know Mm -hmm. so what is the form of a social practice artwork it's the social social relations that it manipulates perhaps it's even the things that it's concretely changing in the world it's also the physical setting that it's in it's the objects that it uses to articulate those things sure um that's form too you know and what the what the statement that the only thing in art that we experience as art is its form Mm. what that means isn't that only physical objects that have a physical form uh are artworks that can do things for us sure but that the entire the entire ensemble of things that an artist presents to us as a work of art however diffuse and non-objective as those things are that's the object of criticism and when you're talking about anything outside of that when you're talking about anything that has to do with a work of art besides its artness yeah then you're doing art writing Mm -hmm. which has a function ekphrasis is valuable you know there's art writing that i think is beautiful on its own terms there's stuff that i disagree with in art writing that i think is valuable for non-critical reasons yeah but there is a function that criticism has that art writing doesn't accomplish that yeah it's it's rooted in the idea that we have to confront these things 
as artworks first and foremost sure no i like that you're taking like it's like taking clement greenberg and like stretching him a little bit more i like that because it's like what i keep thinking of is you know we're all as like midwestern you know like brett and sarah and i like we're, we're happy to critique capitalism but there is also almost like a soviet era art element to some social practice work where it's just it's like don't really pay attention to what's going on here formally or formally in your definition um you should just like it because it's like socially helpful in some way and it's like well that's not exactly the purpose i totally get what you're saying <laughs> and there are good socialist realist paintings there are yeah there are there's amazing uh like they're they're uh, the propaganda posters are beautifully designed phenomenal you know? and <laughs> that said there's plenty of great contemporary art here and elsewhere that yeah. i disagree with on grounds that don't have to do with art yeah. that i or i guess i would say that agrees with me as art you yeah. know sure um and it seems to me at least like a simple thing to say and i think that people kind of viscerally understand and agree with it mm -hmm. but i guess to loop around back to the like initial kernel of what this question was it is antithetical to the institutional structures of the art world today that doesn't mean that in 50 years they couldn't reincorporate them you know mm -hmm. like when greenberg was writing he was a, a lodestar of the new york art scene for institutions artists right. curators collectors everyone you know so it's not like an absolute it's not an absolute you know it's not to say that the next thing that comes after this iteration of the quote art world would be necessarily better right um but it's, it's it's a change that needs to happen for yeah oh, i understand what you're saying um so the next question is just what do you want for st louis and its people and you're already kind of answering that but i mean if you want to make it uh you know take that wherever you'd like as as someone who's you've been here a little while so like you've got a sense yeah, yeah. um well so i guess i'd preface it just by saying that uh i am a bit of an interloper i'm recent to this place <laughs> and uh i mean every community has the walls that it puts up for good and bad reasons and st louis has its own particular ones which i don't take issue with you know so i'll just preface it by saying that like grain of salt i'm i'm new here i'll get less new here as time goes on yeah. but you know whatever uh that said I would like to see for St. Louis and its people, again, just limiting my answer to this question to the arts, um, I would like to see some sort of articulation of a regional style that this place has and no other places do. Mm -hmm. Tied into that liquidation of the idea that we can trust our experiences of art and then articulate those to other people and agree or disagree with them in different measure, kind of that foundation of criticism, uh, tied into the like increasing absence and ultimately we're, we're sitting uh, like complete 
absence of that point of view from the arts in general uh, has been, and I'm talking really big terms here, but I personally think that they track, has been a flattening of a lot of artistic practices all over the place mm. into a really creepy similarity. Yeah. Um, the single kind of jargony word for that is globalization, you know, globalism. Right. Right. Um, it's the global contemporary. It's the kind of diffuse apparatus of institutions, biennials, museums, gallery complexes that uh, for one reason or another have championed uh, apotheosized at this point the fetish of artistic pluralism you know mm -hmm. the idea that there's no use in banding together in terms of a style anymore um what really matters is the like ultimate individual expression of a bunch of individual artists working side by side with a little bit of what each other does seeping in through the cracks but everybody's really doing their own thing mm. you know yeah and there's value to that well there was value to that when it started coming into the fray in the 70s but at this point it's it's chlorotic you know it's, yeah. it's bent over um it doesn't have any of the oomph that it might have had at a certain point um and what that means on the ground is as i said um and as i say in the editorial that will be in the by the time this is released new issue of the midwest art quarterly is a flattening of artistic perspectives and practices into the same thing from St. Louis to Senegal, you know, mm -hmm. it's all operating on the same terms and what it would mean for artists here to work against that is thankfully not my problem because I'm not an <laughs> artist. <laughs> um, but it's what I see as necessary, not just for artists here in St. Louis, but for art in general mm -hmm. to move past this current roadblock yeah some kind of regionalism right right yeah and that's like i've heard in sociology that referred to a lot as like the mcdonaldization of global culture mm -hmm. yeah not to compare any st louis artists to mcdonald's it's not what i'm doing well and, and, <laughs> and to be clear also that um in the context here as well as the global context that doesn't that isn't to say that good art on those individual terms is not being made right. by individual people. Of course it is. It's like good art is always being made given whatever like social conditions that right. you have. Like it gets through art. Good art is always kind of working against the prevailing social order. Yeah. Um, which is also hopeful, you know, there's some, there's some kind of kernel in what we're doing now that will be the seed of what comes next you know so we can always find hope in that sure and what do, it is is not for me to say right <laughs> well do you think that this hyper individualization that seems to be like like you were saying that this idea that all artists are doing their own thing and may, maybe they are next to the studio of another artist and that's occasionally superficially influenced do you think that's real or do you think that's just like a fad that people glom onto? like do you think that really there is some semblance of a regional style that we just, as you said, haven't articulated it or that it's just kind of being, you know, pushed down in terms of like when artists talk about their own work in their own shows or amongst each other. Like, do you think there's actually something there already? 
I think, as I ended the last thing with, I think there are the seeds of it. Yeah. In that there are good artists doing good work here in ways that could be aggrandized and made better by incorporating some of the good things that other people are doing. Yeah. But at least as far as what I've seen, I don't think here or anywhere else in my travels in the last few years looking at art yeah i've seen that kind of like strategic provincialism oh i see that i would want to that i that i would hope for yeah you know? okay um i i could be wrong maybe i just haven't mm. looked at looked at enough art here but um do you think so how about this what's something um you've talked a little bit about people reading and responding to your 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 work what is um, something you wish people would ask you or something you wish people would say? Like when you're writing, do you have an intention, like an intended result that this would, that your writing would evoke in the reader? Is there something you wish people would bring up when they're discussing your writing with you? Um, well, the qualification for this would be, this is sort of my like coming out party. Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so nobody has really had cause to talk with me about my writing, except for like my mom and my partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except like responding to, yeah. Online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think maybe to be a little elliptical and then get back to it, to return for a second to that like function of criticism that I was talking about um, the point as I see it is to try your hardest to show people whether they're artists or people who like to look at art uh, things in artworks or an artist practice or in a period of art that they hadn't that they had noticed but had been latent to their consciousness mm. until that point you know yeah. that uh, they as soon as they read it they're like that makes sense that's mm. exactly what I was thinking I just didn't know that um, or alternatively to be like that shit sucks that's an incorrect <laughs> right. of that work that does not accord with my experience uh -huh. of that work of art so to put it like as a point the thing that I would hope people would talk with me about my writing is about have either conflicting or similar opinions, ideas, experiences as to the ones that I articulate. Mm -hmm. That would be the thing that I hope essentially nice. talk yeah. to me about art. The dialectic, know? I love that. That's, yeah. Um, and then, so the last question is just, we always ask people like, what is your end game? What are you building towards? Is there anything you'd like to forecast at this point <laughs> beyond what you already have? Um, well, I guess I'll use this as a an opportunity to say that like I have a writing practice apart from this one in the Midwest Art Quarterly mm -hmm. uh, that I see as connected with, but not the same thing as you know. Yeah. So. Um, I don't hope this will happen, but if I get tired with the Midwest Art Quarterly, it becomes uh, too much of a slog. It has to go away for one reason or another. Um, I would still just be working towards, in my own work published elsewhere, mm -hmm. uh, figuring out 
what's up with art today in a way that accords with my experience of it and feels properly historical. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the publication currently at hand, I don't want what I just said to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this next issue because it won't just be me writing alone. Uh, I have a couple folks latched on who I'm excited about putting out into the world. Um, I would like that to grow. I would appreciate more readership. And I mean, ultimately, uh, I would like to see this little venture as something which, again, in however small, way, small of a way, does that thing that we've been talking about, which is like produce discourse about art yeah. in terms of it being art, you know? Yeah. Um, everybody has that in them already. Everybody has experiences of works of art. What art writing does is convince them that they're wrong about those experiences. Mm -hmm. What criticism does is shepherd them towards feeling as though they can articulate them themselves. Um, so in a word, what I would hope for my work, and it might sound highfalutin, but is to bring anybody who reads it a little bit closer to that point. Nice. That's just like, we're just going to let it sit there. Thank you. Thank you, Troy. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Five Questions is a program by Critical Mass for Visual Arts, a nonprofit self-formed visual arts collaborative dedicated to promoting, enhancing, and initiating contemporary visual art in the St. Louis region. You can get it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us at criticalmassart.org slash five questions or on Twitter at criticalmassstl and on Instagram at criticalmassart. You can find Troy and Midwest Art Quarterly at Midwest Art Quarterly on Instagram. This episode was with Troy Sherman and me, your host, Joe Colburn. It was edited by Sarah Hammond and produced by Brett Williams.